92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Many of us, many of you don't know what the heck is going on in the world. What is all this commotion about? I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. You need somebody to sit next to you, to sit right next to you in that movie theater. It's like when you go and watch a movie that you really like, but you're completely lost. Have you ever been in a movie like that? I'm here to be your guide. What's going on? What's happening in my life, in this world? Where are we? Why is all this commotion happening? How in the world can we understand right and wrong? How can we understand the plan? How can we come to know what is the right, proper plan? When there are so many churches out there, even Christian denominations out there, they number in the thousands. So how can we know the proper plan? Because as I was talking before, it is the end of the world. There is a final harvesting, and we need to come in to gather Israel to make a final covenant in order to be saved from eternal damnation and from the calamities that are coming upon us. God provided a way for us to understand the plan of salvation. God has also revealed in this time, He has created the same pattern that He did back when the scriptures were written. This is to call modern day prophets. But there are seven dispensations upon the earth, the first one being the time of Adam and Eve, and then, of course, the last one being the last days, which we are now. Well, with the beginning of the last dispensation being the seventh, very last time that the, that uh, Heavenly Father is going to have a dispensation on the earth, with the last dispensation, or the last days, God called a prophet once again. This was in the year 18, 1820. 14-year-old boy called Joseph Smith. Now, Joseph Smith, he was a farmer, young boy, lived in uptown New York, and he had a question just like many people do. Which church is true? Which one of the many churches is true? <clears throat> How many churches are there? Well, Besides the thousands of churches that are Christian, if we look up Google right now, and this is, you know, 200 years later, and I type how many churches are there in the world, how many religions, um, I look up on there, okay, and I'm just going to show you 
what it says. Okay. So if I just type into Google, 41,000 Christian denominations in the world. 41,000. 41,000. And how many, not just Christian denominations, but different denominations are there in the world? Well, who knows at that point, because, you know, this tells me Christian denominations. But besides that, you know, you got Buddhists, you got Muslim, you got uh, everything else in between, you know. And so how many religions are there? There's got to be, there's got to be tens of thousands, right? After you number them all, tens of thousands. And the sects and the factions. Back in Joseph Smith days, there were at least thousands, at least thousands. I mean, maybe in the 1820s, the major religions, the ones that we knew about, you know, Methodist, Baptist, uh, uh, Calvinist, uh, uh, Catholics. You're talking about a couple hundred major religions sweeping through the Bible Belt. Uh, you, you get really confused. You know, why is there so many religions? And, and if God is one God, and Joseph Smith would, would look at the Bible, he'd read it, and, and he the Bible says itself, if there's one God and one baptism, that's what it says, there's one God and one baptism. Well, if there's one God, one faith, and one baptism, as, it's, as it clearly says in black and white in, in the scriptures, in the Bible, one God, one faith, one baptism. Why are there so many different religions? This is what he would ask himself. And which one of them all is the right one? Because there's obviously one right one. Jesus Christ belonged to a church. The apostles belonged to a church. It wasn't just a, a belief. They called it the Church of Jesus Christ. And when John the Revelator was writing... He wasn't writing words to some obscure group. He was writing to the churches. He even put the word in there, church. The church in, and then he would name the city itself. And the church in, and what church was it? It was the church of Jesus Christ. It was the followers of Jesus Christ. And he named them the church of Jesus Christ. Or rather, Jesus Christ himself said, By what name shall ye be known? by my name. So they had a church. So what church was it? Is it? Joseph Smith didn't know. 1820s, 1820s. And so he was as confused as you could be today. You know, when there are so many denominations in all the world, which one is true? How can you know? You know, one, one church says one thing about baptism, that you're supposed to get dunked under the water. The other church says you're only supposed to be sprinkled. The other one says you're going to pour water on top of you. Even baptism is confusing. Which one? Well, as he was in this confusion, you know, he was wondering what church, which one of any of them, right? He was reading one day, James 1, 5, and he came across a verse. And it was very awesome. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask of God, who giveth generally to all without fault. Right? Um, now this is a, a new translation, a new Bible translation. But if you look at the King James Version, doesn't matter what version you look at, but if you look at any version at all, they're similar. 
You know, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So, this was the verse that Joseph Smith found. He found out that, you know, if he went to one preacher, they would just tell him, my church is true, the other ones are false. He went to another preacher, he would then say, you know, this other church is true, that's false over there. But when he read this, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God to give it liberally. He certainly it didn't say, if any of you uh, uh, lack wisdom, let him ask of God, but God gets mad at you for asking. He didn't say that. He didn't say God's going to get mad at you for asking him a question that you don't know. So if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Simple as that. So that's exactly what he did. One day, he went and he decided, I'm going to pray in the wood. And, you know, up to this point, he had never, ever given a prayer in the woods by himself. And, you know, he even admitted, I've never even given a prayer vocally. In other words, he never gave a prayer out loud. He just said it in his heart. So, I'm going to ask God. I'm going to go to the woods. So, this is what he did. He knelt down and he, he had a prayer. And he asked Heavenly Father, you know, what? what is the true church? What is the exact true? Because I want to know. I want to find out with all my heart what the true religion is. And he asked in faith. And he asked with all the sincerity that a young 14-year-old, imagine yourself 14-year-old people here, 14-year-old, and you're asking with all your heart, but you don't know because you're not learned, right? Well, something happened. He received an answer, and it was an incredible answer. In that answer, he said, I saw a pillar of light descend and in that light, I saw two personages, two personages, whose glory and description defile all description. And one of them spake to me, calling me by name and pointing to the other, said, This is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. So, in this what is called the first vision the first vision. Joseph Smith received a visit of God the Father and his son Jesus Christ in this first vision. And so, if he was able to see, he was able to see God the Father with his own eyes. You know, this is on Palmyra, New York, 1820. He received this miraculous visit from God the Father and Jesus Christ. But this is not something unique to earth. This is not something that never happened before. When did it happen? When else in history 
did this happen? This certainly happened. This certainly happened to Jesus Christ. This certainly happened to Adam. He was able to see God face to face and his son. This certainly happened to Moses and to Enoch who walked with God in the scriptures. And to Abraham who wrestled with God all that night. So this has happened before. This is a pattern where these guys are able to speak face to face with the Lord. Face to face. And how are they able to speak face to face with the Lord? Because they're not they're not like you and me. They're called special witnesses. That word special witness is an important word because it's it's called it's called a prophet. Now what is a witness? A witness a witness is somebody that can see things, like in a court of law, right? Well, a witness sees things with their own eyes. That's what a prophet is. And they then give that information to us. This is the pattern of God. So that's what Joseph Smith did. You know, not only was he called to be a prophet of God for our days, but he was also commanded to write down, write down in scriptures, Something that God would tell him. What would what would God tell him? What, what is what are the messages that God would tell him? Well, God would tell him messages that would be delivered to him from an ancient people, and he wrote down these messages in what is called the Book of Mormon. Now, what is the Book of Mormon? What is the Book of Mormon? The Book of Mormon is another testament of Jesus Christ. Another testament of Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ has several witnesses on this earth of that he is the Son of God. He has the witness of the old world, which is Jerusalem. That's contained in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. He also has the witness of the New World here in America. You see, the Book of Mormon, the Book of Mormon is a record of ancient people, of ancient inhabitants of this, of this American continent, America here. Now, the Book of Mormon, where did it come from? It, it all started in Jerusalem. Also in Jerusalem, about 600, about somewhere between 600, uh, you know, 600 before Christ, somewhere around there, uh, a group of people. They were living around the time of Jeremiah when, uh, you know, the, the people were going to invade, and basically a prophet there. Jeremiah was a prophet, and so was another guy by the name of Lehi. He was commanded of the Lord to build a ship, cross the ocean and come here to the land of America, where I live. Now here in the land of America, they made a great civilization. They had prophets too, and they baptized people, just like here, and they taught people, and they followed the commandments of God. And all this happened here with different, different uh, prophets. These prophets were called Mormon. Mormon is just the name of one of the prophets that was here. That's why it's called the Book of Mormon, by the way. And uh, Abinadi, 
Nephi, these are all prophets from the Book of Mormon. They all testified of one person. They all testified of Jesus Christ. All of them. That is what their mission was. To testify of the divinity of Jesus Christ. Now, one thing is special, super special about the Book of Mormon is that it teaches about Jesus Christ, the Lord himself, after he died and resurrected in Jerusalem. He also came down here and visited the people of the New World, the Americas. Isn't that exciting? He visited the people in the Americas here, the Indians and the natives that used to live here, and he gave them their word. Now, I ask you this, and this is an important question I'm going to ask you here, so get ready for it. Why would God visit two nations? Why would God give one nation and another nation his word? Why wouldn't it be enough for him to give the nation in Jerusalem his word? Imagine if you lived back then, and you lived here as the Indians do in the Americas. Would you have access to Jerusalem scriptures or their prophets? Does God love everybody the same? In other words, is God a respecter of person? Does he love the people in Jerusalem more than the people in America? Well, then why would the people in America be consigned to have no scriptures, no prophets, no gospel? This simply isn't true. It wouldn't be a fair father. It would be like, I would treat my son that's living in Michigan better than I would treat my son that's living in Arizona, right? No, I treat them the same. I give them all my blessings, especially if they're both good children, right? And so it's the same thing with God. It doesn't matter where you live. He's going to give you his word. And the people here in America deserved his word just as much as the people in Jerusalem deserved his word. So what he did was he gave them the word and he gave them prophets. Prophets like Nephi in these great words, in these great books, and it was compiled into the Book of Mormon. Now, the Book of Mormon itself has a promise at the end. Remember I told you about the Holy Ghost? Remember I told you about false prophets that are going to teach you false things because this is the end of the world and the gathering is coming, the last gathering, and you need to know where to go and there are so many false prophets out there. But how do you know that what I'm saying is even true? Well, it's very easy. It's the Holy Ghost again. In fact, the Book of Mormon itself has, has the answer to this. In the very last book of the Book of Mormon, very last book. It's what is it called? It's called the Book of Moroni. And in Moroni, chapter ten, you find a promise. And what is that promise? It says, "I'll read it to you." And when ye shall receive these things, meaning the Book of Mormon. Remember, I told you about false prophets. Well, look what the promise is here. And when ye shall receive these things, meaning the Book of Mormon. I would exhort you that you would ask God, the Eternal Father. Remember what Joseph Smith did? He asked God. He didn't ask his pastor. You know, what was his pastor going to say in my church? He didn't ask the guy in the court. He asked God. And that's what I'm asking you to do, too. Don't just take it from me that this book is true, which it is. And I know my words pierce your heart because the Holy Ghost tells you. But ask God the Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And... 
And if you shall ask with sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost. And by the power of the Holy Ghost, you may know the truth of all things. This is how we try things, through the Holy Ghost. Does it pierce your heart? Does it penetrate your heart? Does it tell you it's true? That's called the Holy Ghost. Does it give you peace? That's the Holy Ghost. So my message today is to seek out these missionaries. Look for them. They're in your country. This is the last time you're going to get them. Look for these missionaries. Ask them to teach you about the things I've been telling you. Because we are in the last days, the last gathering. And if you don't have these things, you are not covenant Israel to protect you. To protect you from what, you say? What what am I going to be protected from? Well, you are going to be protected from the calamities of this world. What calamities, shall you say? Well, before that day, the Lord shall come, the sun shall be darkened, and the moon be turned to blood, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the remnant shall be gathered unto this place. And then shall they look for me, and behold, I will come. But what place will you be gathered to? What place? You must be gathered to the new Jerusalem. And where is the new Jerusalem? You must be gathered as covenant Israel. You must have the sign, his name, his forehead written upon your soul and on your countenance. You must have this protection of being covenant Israel and have his name. Not the name of Baptist, not the name of Judah, not the name of anything else, but the name of Jesus Christ. There is only one Christ. His name is Jesus Christ. It is not any other name. It is not Jeremiah. It is not Ezekiel. It is not any kind of scholar name. It is a Greek name. The mother of Jesus was given the name by an angel. J-U-S J, I'm sorry J-U-S J-E-S U-S Jesus She wasn't given a name in the Hebrew tongue She wasn't given the name in other in any other common language She was given the name of a Greek alphabet This name was Jesus He was to be called Jesus Christ. We know this not by scholarship, but the Book of Mormon also, also witnesses of his divine name. In fact, in 2 Nephi and in 1 Nephi, it tells us that the angel said unto Mary that his name shall be called Jesus. And so we have two witnesses. We we don't have any any problems in saying, okay. We know for a fact that his name is Jesus Christ. And you must have his name upon you and belong to his church. I am gathering you and pointing you to the right direction. Finally, for the last time, the direction that you should go on, the direction that I'm pointing you to, missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ. That's what I'm talking about, the black name tag. Now, these guys are servants of the Lord, commissioned to baptize you 
into the new covenant and gather you as Israel. That's who you are. You're going to become Israel. That's exciting. Before the burning comes. This is the path. This is the way. And these are the answers. And if you don't have these answers, nobody's going to give them to you. You're not going to get them from your pastors or from your churches or from your false prophets. You're not going to get them from the world. This is the last time Israel's being gathered. And you need to find that because you are a true seeker of light. And so come, come to the place that offers you milk and honey without price. Bread eternal and everlasting salvation. Even the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And this I leave you in his name. And we'll see you shortly next time. His sweet kiss of steel It may be too late To pray for the dead You love to To pray for the dead Oh Jack He is a friend To you die To pay He'll tell you He'll tell to tuck you in He'll stick it in Have no fear Have no fear about the Jack you least expected, he will let you know he loves, he loves.